I did raise my hand. Welcome to the latest Hashing It Out. We have Mo from the consensus side of Logos here to talk about uh, Carno consensus. Uh, I'll let you take it away, Mo, and you can introduce yourself. Hi, um, I'm Mo, and I work in the uh, research group of um, uh, Status, uh, and I we are designing a new consensus algorithm for the Nomos um, Status um, blockchain infrastructure, and I, today I'm here to talk about it. So let's say thank nice. you for inviting me. No, of course. Um... It's, I think that it's it's easy to start off with, like, how does Carnot consensus fit into the ecosystem of distributed consensus, and like, and then somewhat of a a, a high level overview of of what it is. D, you raised your hand. What was that? I did raise my hand. I would say like, just a little bit of the impetus. Like, at what point do you look at the the playing field of consensus algorithms? And you're like, you know what? we need a new one like when was that moment and then then i kind of want to go in that current like so, yeah I just wonder, when was the aha moment it's like you know what yeah, that's that's a great to... yes yeah sometimes because sometimes i also heard that um uh, some sometimes people say that there is nothing to innovate in l ones um, and and so i think that's that's a very relevant question that why we decided to uh, to design a new consensus algorithm so uh, can anyone tell me if we know any consensus algorithm that can operate with four validators as well as if the network grows to thousands of nodes, it, it can still operate. Do we have any such protocol? Are we playing dumb here? Or am I going to answer? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I know of. The answer because, is no. Yeah. So... so, so so that's that's the reason that the protocols that currently we have, either if, if they are fast, they either uh, operate can uh, scale to tens of nodes or maybe hundred of nodes, a few hundred of nodes, and then the ones that scale that are slower have um, reorganization or fork issues who are quite complex, and then those ones have networks like maybe have thousands of nodes but but they have never been tested for a small network of nodes of four or five or six but and whenever uh, we have a blockchain community that that, that that just that are just starting they must they may start with small number of nodes and then it grows and this size the number of participants in order to maintain this decentralization will grow with the time and we don't have any such protocol that can address uh, on the, this requirement. Uh, we call it elastic scalability. And, and we don't have any such protocol that can scale seamlessly in the, uh, and also maintain its um, the properties that it has. So this was the main uh, reason that we um, decided that uh, to work and see if, if, if it is possible to build such a protocol. And so basically, um, back to the Corey's question that um, 
what's the what's the um, web does Carnot fits and the ecosystem of the consensus algorithms. Uh, basically, the Carnot is 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 very unique to its own class. It's no any other consensus algorithm has the properties that Carnot has. Either we have very fast, small, uh, and, and consensus algorithms that are fast but can operate with a very small number of nodes, or we have slow that are um, quite complex, suffer from chain reorganization, implementing proof of stake over the top of such protocols are very complex. Like we know, um, uh, some of these uh, platforms are suffering, uh, uh, trying to address this proof of stake uh, um, uh, attacks because once you have these inter uh, small forks uh, appear because of lack of finality, um, this gives a lot of a large um, attack vector to attackers to uh, leverage it and and and, and increase their uh, stake in the network. So. Um, and to address each of these attacks, you introduce complexity in the algorithm. So we try to, so Carnot has all these good properties of this fast traditional BFT, and then this scalable um, chain-based consensus algorithms together in it. And then it's, it's uh, a kind of a new generation of consensus algorithm that, um, that has, we, we haven't seen it before. Um, so I guess, yeah, that's, uh, that's the answer to your question. Yeah. I tend to like set the, like, I don't know when describing consensus protocols, you tend to look uh, at certain metrics to, 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 to measure it, to evaluate it, to say whether or not it's good to compare it with others. What are the standard metrics being used within distributed consensus that you, you want to look at and make sure that it's conforming to specific boundaries. So you can say it is good in this area, right? Yes, yes. Uh, so um, there are various metrics. Scalability is one. How many nodes uh, um, uh, can participate or validators can participate in the network. At the same time, latency, um, which affects the client's experience. Um, finality is also very important. It's also related to the latency. So. Um, uh, Basically, if you have a finality, then it's very easier for clients to consider a transaction being executed. Um, uh, responsiveness, which is the ability of the consensus protocol to operate at the speed of wire instead of having some maximum or some block delay. Um, uh, we don't have any scalable or large con uh, 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 the consensus algorithm that uh, uh, it's scalable, but it's responsive. Uh, all of the scalable consensus algorithms that we have, they have some block wait time or slot time, we call it. Uh, some protocols use slot time for that. Uh, whereas if, if your consensus is completed before that slot time, the protocol does not move to the next step. It still waits for the slot time. Um, if your uh, a consensus is not finished during the slot time, um, then you move to the next uh, round without finishing that, that, that uh, previous round. So um, what we uh, added in the Carnot is that this responsiveness, that it, it moves to the next round when the 
based on the speed of the nodes that are joining the network. It doesn't matter if they are slow or they are fast, but it, it operates, it's even driven. It does not take decisions based on time. And this even drivenness also uh, not only makes the protocol efficient, but it also makes it more secure because uh, for adversaries that control the network, basically they can affect they can control the responsive response of your consensus protocol if you your protocol uses time as a parameter to make decision. Whereas in our case, they cannot you because our protocol is event driven. We take decisions based on events, so it doesn't matter if adversary can slow some of the nodes down or whatever. Uh, we it doesn't affect us. And then Carnot provides finality, which is uh, great for clients or any application that we use. They, they can verify a block is finalized without waiting for a very long time. Um, and we don't, uh, and Carnot does not have um, chain reorganization or these small forks that are can be formed and by uh, attackers. Uh, so implementing proof of stake is very easy, straightforward, and uh, and um, and safer on Cardinal. I have a two-part question. Did you arrive to this Carno consensus right off the bat, or were, I guess, were there failures in the past, or like prototypes? Uh, maybe you can discuss a little bit about how you got to this solution. Uh, uh, so. Um... There were failures, of course, because um, we are pushing the state of the art here, um, um, uh, making sure that this cost of achieving this scalability to, in order to maintain the cost of this scalability low, while also um, providing the security guarantees is, is quite challenging. But um, so that's why we had multiple failures until we got it. And and um, we we had a lot of discussion with Corey as well on, on, on our requirements, filtered our requirements multiple times until we uh, we were able to um, uh, to sacrifice on some requirements. Um, um, uh, but we also made sure that the major requirement and properties that we want to achieve with this protocol are met. And we are happy that we have them. Could you, uh, like the second, oh, the second part to that question was, um, what are these kind of cons or these sacrifices that you've made in order to come to Carno? So, um, uh, one of the important ones uh, that uh, Carno tolerates. Um, for aliveness, it, uh, yeah, it tolerates one fourth uh, of um, malicious nodes. Journal BFT consensus protocols uh, or proof of stake protocols that we know, um, they can tolerate one third. Uh, Carnot tolerates one fourth. But um, then um, if we see uh, Carnot all, uh, has all these other properties of fast. Uh, uh, consensus protocols, the traditional consensus protocols that can only stake a scale to 100 nodes or maybe 200 nodes. So, so they can tolerate one third, uh, but then the number of 
one third of 100 nodes is 30 nodes or maybe 34 nodes but one hundred of or and one fourth of car node that can be maybe if you have twenty thousand nodes or ten thousand nodes then it's three thousand or more than three thousand so uh, uh, in order to control the car node uh, 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 sorry uh, one fourth of it is two thousand or maybe two thousand five hundred so in order to control the network of car node malicious actors have to control more thousands of nodes whereas in order to control those um, uh, other protocols uh, that are fast uh, um, malicious actor has to control maybe 30 or 30 plus nodes um, so um, although like on the paper it looks like like oh yeah tocar node um, tolerates one fourth by others tolerate one third but when you uh, see the actual number of nodes that uh, that we tolerate. So Carnot is higher. And then Carnot is um, also um, re uh, uh, resilient and robust against uh, chain reorganization attacks that other large scalable consensus protocols are suffering from. And, 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 and Carnot is way more simpler and very straightforward and easy to understand. So um, that's why, although, like, yeah, we made this trade-off, uh, but uh, uh, we think that um, overall, if, if we see the overall um, uh, contribution of Carnot to the uh, ecosystem, um, that's, I think, um, that have not been seen yet. And other uh, consensus protocols. So we are quite happy with it. Yeah, I would add to somewhat um, answer another part of that question, which was, like, failures we made along the way or not failures but i guess research that didn't meet the requirements um we had we had looked into others so i'm not going to name names or or discuss the details of that because we haven't published the results yet but um one of the requirements is is like reasonable de like sufficient de decentralization of weight within the network right um and this, the differentiator here is like we can, you can scale to a large number of nodes, but if the overall weighting of the network, meaning the decision power of how consensus happens, is it isn't necessarily directly tied to number of nodes in the network. So, with any given proof of stake algorithm, um, you have a specific weighting for a given node and how much, which like how much power it has within a single vote. And so, you can have a bunch of nodes in a network, but individual nodes can have a tremendous amount of power. And that's a form of centralization. And so more often than not, people will say, well, we scaled a whole bunch of nodes, but it doesn't matter because only 20 of them count. Um, we did some analysis and work on variants of other protocols and found that we were unable to remove or to, to fulfill that requirement of um, decentralization of power, like sufficient decentralization of power and weighting. Um, so we had to move on and 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 start to create this this newer consensus protocol Carno from scratch. Not necessarily from scratch, it definitely builds on traditional PBFT, but uh, it's significantly differentiated from them enough to make a major contribution, we think. Yeah, thank you for adding that. Yes, and uh, in, in Carno, every node, every participant take part in the consensus, and that's like a very powerful every node has a say in the decision. So that's like a, um, in, improves the decentralization a lot. And, and we don't have any other protocol 
that does that. That does that in a scale. You're muted. I got two questions. The first is, can I name names? I'll take all the heat. No. Okay. <laughs> I would rather right. publish the research than talk about it. We can do that okay. at a later day. All right. Well, after we publish it, can I tweet it out with names? Oh, for sure. <laughs> I'll take that smoke. All right. The second question is, um, you, you, have you guys in your research, well, there's really three questions. In your research and development, have you guys had like a NASA control room moment? You know what I mean? Like, you know, they launched the rocket and they're looking at the numbers on the screens and then they all just like, yes, we've done it. We, we did it. Right. And everybody just stands up and starts clapping. Uh, have you had a moment like that? I, I, I think we are. Um, so uh, it wasn't very much like that because we, we are still um, in the process of implementing that. And then we um, um, uh, the, the testing process is going on. So, so, so we are still we, we, we are going to have that moment. It's, it's in the process. But it was a great relief when we, we were able to um, complete it, it, its um, um, uh, pseudocode and, and, and run, run the code. And then we, we saw, and, and then we, so there are several of such moments whenever we uh, completed the security proofs of safety and liveness. So that, okay, yeah, uh, this protocol kind of, yeah, fulfills all requirements. And then we formally prove that it works. And then we, so the other moment we had when uh, we completed the executable um, pseudocode of it, um, uh, um, and and now it's the implementation part and testing part. So we are still working on to test the protocol among different scenarios um, uh, and making sure that our um, uh, pseudocode and our uh, whatever we are implementing behaves the same way that it should. So we will have same moments again and again, I think, until it's mature enough to be used uh, 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 at the production level. But we had yeah, a few of such moments. Uh, and nice. and it's, it's great. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I agree. And it's, it's hard. I guess it's hard to picture them because we work in such a remote setting. But like yeah. from going from like deep research into production is a long and arduous process with a lot of people involved and we've hit some really hard milestones along the way which is which have allowed us to gain a lot of confidence that this works the way we think it does we have more work to do to get to the point where like it really works the way we think it does and we're going to share it with people like we're going to use it with people as a, as a foundation for a blockchain network but like we're making significant steps along the way that in, always increasingly um, grow confidence that it works. And it's probably been like Mo said, three or four points in which we're like, oh, this can work. Oh, it does work. Oh, it really works. And <laughs> that's been that's been fun to witness. Awesome. That's good. I um I guess I'm a less um you know more of a question directly about Cardinal Consensus is um what you did mention trade-offs earlier, what, what in detail, what's, you know, a, a couple of those trade-offs um, that you make when you use Carnot consensus versus some of the other. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So uh, one of the uh, trade-offs, as I mentioned, is that uh, we tolerate um, the Carnot tolerate one uh, fourth of the 
the number of malicious nodes have to be um, at most one-fourth of the network size. Um, but I really think that we can reduce this uh, uh, and we can improve this and, and we can bring it somewhere to, to the one third or somewhere uh, in between one third and one fourth. Um, uh, but we need to work, work on that. So it will require some more research work. And also we have our, um, the liveness and the safety properties of car nodes uh, as um, probabilistic. But based on our calculation, the, 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 the probability of failure, for example, for a network uh, of 10,000 size, like the probability of safety failure, which is the major security failure, is, I don't know, it's 10 to the power minus 200. Like, it's, <laughs> it's almost <laughs> impossible. Like it's yeah. ridiculously improbable. And so, it's, yeah. so it is a probabilistic... Uh, yes. measurement, but it's so minuscule small that we can avoid it. And that's why we feel confident about it. Yeah, so it's uh, like uh, theoretically, yeah, we can see, but but that probability is so low that like, yeah, it's, it can simply be ignored. And for liveness as well, like the probability of uh, liveness failure uh, is like out of um, if we continuously fail 10 to power 12 times if we continuously fail, we don't do anything, and we are just failing. Then, then maybe one, one, then maybe we encounter the liveness failure. So, assume if you, if we, so first ten to twelve times is almost nearly somewhere near the age of the universe, <laughs> I guess. If I'm not wrong, I hope I'm not wrong, but uh, it's, it's still very, very large. And then you have to fail this many times until you. You, you are the liveness of the protocol fails. So assuming if you are failing 10 to the power of minus 12 or 13 or 14 times, then how many times we have generated block? <laughs> so uh, that's like a, so this also makes it very, very unlikely uh, have, uh, of uh, um, uh, such event to occur. Um, so just a small description that liveness failure means the protocol won't move forward anymore it just stops and clients won't get any response and safety failure is that if uh, the transaction can be averted or, or we might have double spending so safety attacks are uh, way more serious attacks on the network so um, uh, and our focus had been a lot to make sure the protocol is safe but liveness wise as well we are the product we are quite confident that uh, Although it's probabilistic, but um, the probability is very low, so we are very confident. So I'd like to take it in a different direction and kind of get more nitty gritty with it. So can you describe how Nomos consensus, or not Nomos, but uh, Carno consensus works? So uh, I... I will. It's better to wait for the paper on how, uh, but I would what i would suggest the main properties the main trick that wh how why it works is that um, unlike traditional bft protocols where um, each node has to verify the message from majority of a network or two-thirds of a network uh, we make sure that we uh, that the encar node with the verification of small number of messages uh, we achieve the same level 
of security guarantees so that the protocol can move to the next round. So instead of verifying like one, uh, two third signatures, which for a network of 10,000 can be like somewhere near 7,000, uh, our protocol might have to verify uh, maybe a few hundred uh, signatures and, and that can give you the same level of guarantees of safety and liveness has in any other um, uh, fast consensus protocol where they have to uh, verify like um, uh, uh, two-third signatures. So if, if we theoretically see um, uh, it's like the signature verification cost will be somewhere there is a small constant and then um, order of log n so this is like a very, very uh, small uh, verification cost. Um, generally, the, the best authenticator, we call it authenticator uh, and um, um, uh, in, in academia, we call it authenticator complexity and the state of the art authenticator complexity is order of N. Um, and we are improving over that and we are, we are achieving, uh, we are improving this uh, authenticator or verification cost of signature um, complexity to the order of log n. So that's this kind of allow us to, uh, to uh, achieve this uh, large scalability without uh, we, uh, spending a lot of computation power because when if one of them uh, issues with the, the large scalable protocols that, that they cannot achieve finality because this cost of signature verification will be so high for them. Uh, like, uh, uh, so they, they cannot achieve this one slot finality or fast finality. But we achieved that, but we did, we through that in a way that we only verify uh, very small number of signatures, but the security guarantees are the same. So that's like the abstract. Uh, uh, of, Try not to uh, give too many details away because the paper hasn't been published yes, yet. Yes, like, yes, I didn't want it. Didn't want anybody to rebuild the consensus yeah. before. We, yeah. yeah, so I guess to, to, to continue on to that, um, one of the main bottlenecks for scaling most PBFT consensus algorithms is message complexity how many messages that the network has to pass around in order to come to a decision and as you increase the number of participants in consensus you drastically increase the number of messages and subsequent signatures that need to be validated for these messages to be accepted as valid and so this becomes the bottleneck to 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 keep things fast and reasonable what we've done is come up with some interesting tricks with cryptography and um structuring the network on who we ask what questions to so that we've reduced the message complexity to order of log n, which is n being the number of nodes in the network, meaning that as the number of nodes increase in the network, the number of messages an individual has to parse is on log n of that, which is really, really good scaling. And it allows for the network to grow significantly without increasing the computational costs of an individual and maintain the same guarantees and computation relative computation of individuals. So we can keep the timing and computation and stuff with some interesting tricks with um, how we structure the network and use cryptography. But like there are some assumptions we are still making, I guess, because we have a single leader 
presenting, proposing some, some information to the network or to agree upon. And uh, the way in which we structure the network is based on randomness. So like how we choose leaders and how we structure the network is based on some level of randomness. Can you talk about that? Yes. So uh, uh, one of the, when, when we have a leader, um, so one of the uh, uh, issues that we might encounter is that a leader can be attacked through denial of service. So, and 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 uh, that's so a leader can be a single point of failure so to avoid that we uh, we make sure that the leader is uh, selected randomly and unpredictably uh, so that uh, uh, this gives attackers very less time when 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 they know who is the leader they have very less time to react and attack the leader. So by that time, leader uh, 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 should be able to propose its block uh, or proposal, and and then it's useless. If, uh, and then it's not a leader anymore. And we also made sure um, while designing the random beacon, we also made sure that our random beacon is also even driven. So our random beacon also operates based on events instead of giving us some randomness after, uh, at each interval it, it will once the uh, this around is ended then it will give us an extra uh, random value or random seed to uh, for the leader so this 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 also improves the performance a lot because now our performance is kind of not dependent on the uh, random beacon um, while has um, and also, if the, our um, the, we not only use the random beacon to uh, select our leader, but also to restructure our network as well. So that's like another property that uh, we don't have another consensus algorithm. So, so our network is also resilient. If, if due to some reason it fails, we restructure it. Um, it's a uh, like I think from here like. It's reasonable to no most blockchain or no most network, whatever you end up calling it, uh, isn't necessarily. This isn't the the only differentiator of what the network is offering, right? That in fact, it, it probably won't be the leading foot we present in the marketing of of what this project is supposed to be for. Can you talk a little bit about how? And in fact, like that network is is mainly. Um, pushing a, a privacy, introducing privacy into lower level, lo lower levels, and or all levels of the stack of a blockchain network. Mm -hmm. Can you can you talk about why we chose Carnos, Car Carno, as a consensus algorithm if the main push forward is privacy? So th there are uh, so consensus is the core of any uh, blockchain infrastructure, and consensus basically the properties that consensus offers affects any other services that you build over the top of it. It can be privacy, it can be L2, multi-chain, sharding, or any application that you run over the top of it. They are all affected by uh, how you design the consensus. Um, so in terms of uh, uh, privacy, um, Carnot has specific properties that can help us to improve the cost of the privacy or make 
privacy, implementing privacy way faster, if more efficient, because one of them, um, the, the structure that we uh, have in, uh, use in the network uh, that, that leverage uh, help us to, uh, to implement different type of um, optimization uh, um, uh, techniques to improve the performance and the security of the privacy guarantees that we want to provide. So it's basically the base layer and those um, properties of Carnot, uh, uh, has those properties that can be leveraged to improve the performance of privacy because we believe it's important for the privacy service to be practical as well. Um, so we call it practical privacy. If, if we want to have a network that provides privacy, but it's, it's so slow, it's too annoying for users, then, then maybe the people won't use it because, the, because it's too slow for them to it's run. It's perfectly private because it doesn't get used. Yeah. <laughs> So now we Carnot provides those um, uh, uh, those um, properties that we can leverage to make whenever we are building the privacy service over the top of it to make it faster, more efficient, without compromising its performance. So this is the first, uh, and also, um, uh, so if 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 we have um, one of the other properties, important properties that Carnot has is that we not only reduce the um, cost of message, uh, the cost of consensus by reducing the number of messages to be verified, uh, uh, but this property can also be leveraged when you, if there is multi-chain or communication between multiple chains, then this also uh, uh, can, uh, can affect the performance because you don't have to verify a large number of messages. It's so it's like um, we we started to improve the base, the nucleus, and then all other services that are we are building over the top of it. They will also be leveraging these properties. So that's like um, uh, uh, we we made sure that the base of our infrastructure is is, is good, and now we have a free hand to improve all other services that we are building over the top of it. Yeah, and maintain those, the same like practicality metrics, like finality mm -hmm. and, and computational costs and things like that. Yes, yes. So in terms of, I guess, if, if what I'm understanding uh, is correct, then it sounds like you are trying to make sure that the computational cost of privacy does not affect potentially throughput or finality of the chain so that it still uh, has use cases um, for uh, use cases that require, uh, you know, a fast chain and support things more than maybe just simple transactions. Yes. And also, um, uh, yeah, because there are people for whom privacy is very, very important, and maybe they are willing to pay the cost in terms of performance. But if we want um, more people to use it and to join the community, and, and so we need to make sure to lower this cost of privacy. 
uh, for them so that we have new uh, uh, users and new people who can be onboard to our um, uh, uh, platform. So I think that is uh, important. And one of the reasons that uh, probably a normal user might say, okay, why should I do things very slowly? Or like what, <laughs> but uh, 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 with, uh, by keeping things private, but if, if they see that the performance is quite comparable and why not? Like, mm -hmm. so it's kind of allows um, um, making onboarding and new members of the community easier. And I think that all, this also kind of makes us different than other platforms that provide the uh, privacy services. I think it's also important to mention that consensus is a piece, a very important yeah. piece, the foundational piece, in my opinion, of how a blockchain network or agreements network works. Um, but there's there's layers below and there's layers above that um, contribute to that performance. So the networking layer below, can we can introduce various forms of privacy preserving metrics or things like that, how we pass messages around to do consensus, which it, it, but because Carno is so fast and can scale so well, that ends up not affecting the things above it. And so, so if we have this blazingly fast, efficient, efficient and scalable agreements network, it just agrees on arbitrary information, then we can build a bunch of stuff on top that has maybe more computational cost or effort uh, to get to, to add features like privacy that still end up with a final product that is, re is reasonably usable by people, like regular people, uh, or easy to contribute to or, or join or not too expensive. And there's also there's a bunch of other things like validator privacy, mempool privacy, all kinds of things. But, but Carno is just the point at which we can say this group of nodes can come to agreement on something. And then we have a hopes of enabling people to build whatever they want on top, including stuff we're building in-house as well. So like, that's the key point is that we need to introduce ways that people can build private systems without constraining them too much uh, with the costs of doing that. And we think we came to a point where that's the case. So to kind of follow up when you said costs, um, what are the goals in terms of the target hardware that people who are interested in running a node will have to buy? Is it something that's available or is this more uh, performant, maybe ASIC or an FPGA? I don't know. What sort of hardware would you say is the goal target? It's, it's the commodity hardware. Yeah, you don't uh, need to have any fancy <laughs> hardware. Yes, uh, if, if you have it, that's good. Use it, but uh, commodity hardware should be uh, yeah, enough. Yeah, I mean, the goal is always as small as possible, yeah. right? Um, yeah. And, but uh, as with any, I think it's, it's, it's reasonable to say, as with any staking network that does consensus, there's the validators involved need to have some level of uh, required uptime over the course of when they're staking, right? You can't. I think it's it's unreasonable to say you can build a like a robust scalable consensus protocol and have people sometimes participate, right? They need to be there in order to answer questions when they're supposed to. Um, but other than that, like the the underlying cryptography, the the scaling of message complexity, all these things should keep the hardware requirements of participating relatively low, 
like regular computers, maybe Raspberry Pis or something like that. If we get if we can get it down that far, and also it it's just we're just talking about consensus here. When you build an execution engine on top, that adds quite a bit of computational complexity and memory bandwidth and things like this that needs to be considered. So at the end of the day, when someone's actually participating in a blockchain network, the whole thing, whatever's built on top of Carnot will affect the hardware they have to use to do it. In some cases, that may mean specialized hardware. That may mean not at all. That may mean almost nothing because they do something that isn't a blockchain. It's just passing messages, right? So Carnot itself is just an agreements engine that allows you to build really cool stuff on top. And I think we can keep that network to a really, really low computational costs so that we have this robust heterogeneous network that can do cool stuff depending on what you want to do. Cool. I don't know if you guys answered this question, but um, what sort of privacy is Nomos expected to uh, B, is it something along the lines of Monero or is it something along the lines of Zcash? Is privacy going to be optional or is it going to be a default? Ooh, so uh, the very fine details of privacy um, have not been pinned down because we're playing with the room we have that Carno has given us to, to, to try and figure out how we'd like to implement various features at different layers of the stack to give, quote unquote, privacy. Uh, it starts with the lower layers. So introducing message privacy. So who's sending what to whom validator privacy, not knowing who's participating with what the identification is, how much stake they have, things like that or private mempools. So you're not able to see that's more of like an ephemeral privacy. You're not able to see the ordering of transactions before they get confirmed. Like all these different kinds of, there's a bunch of different types of privacy. And what I just mentioned is a bunch of privacy that hasn't even gotten to the smart contract layer or the application layer. And so our hope is to enable privacy at all of the layers. How exactly we do that? We have a white paper that's being drafted, which we'll kind of review and finalize on and then publish. But we're looking at all the possible options to do what we can with the room that Carno has given us. Uh, but to TLDR, as much as we possibly can, because the reasoning is... Um, once you give away privacy, you can't get it back. And so if we're talking about a foundation, it has to include privacy such that when it's appropriate to disclose information, it's happening at that layer and not at a layer below because you were, you were forced to do so. And so if you look at the privacy associated with something like Tornado Cash, we're able to basically get around all the smart contract privacy because we look at all the transactions and censor them. So that's that's a problem with the privacy associated with the layer below where the privacy is actually implemented. And so our goal as a network is to provide privacy at all layers such that when it's appropriate to disclose information, you haven't been compromised below that layer already. Awesome. Great answer. So I, I guess... Thought uh, <laughs> I thought about that a lot. <laughs> I guess to, to kind of wrap things up... Um, who ideally would you want to be using, you know, uh, Nomos? Who are the ideal users? Everyone? I mean, it's... Yeah, why not? It's, 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 a, it's as, as with everything we do in across Logos and Status, it's generalized infrastructure. We want people to use this stuff 
in the manner they think is appropriate for their application and be able to parameterize it to them. They get to make the options to do it. So like we're trying to be as generalized as possible. And so that means everyone. The goal is everyone, which is hard to optimize for, of course, but like you optimize by giving people options and them and letting them optimize. So that's the reason why we have such stringent requirements on scaling and minimizing resource requirements as it scales so that we can include as many people as we can to give them options to make applications that do what they want and not submit them to constraints that they have no choice in making. Cool. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing more from other members within uh, Nomos uh, to talk more about, you know, I guess, privacy and execution uh, and to what degree privacy ends up being. So yeah, I think, but uh, thank you for uh, real quick both before you for do coming that, on. Like, yeah, don't, no, don't leave yet. Like, when can we expect to learn more information? Like, when can we get the juicy details, Mo? Uh, maybe, uh, I, I think somewhere uh, the second half of May or early June, that's that's somewhere, that, that's our target. We get the whole juicy details. Uh, we did publish so a paper, be... which has some, I guess, yeah. allusions to that construction. Um, yeah. So that's, that's worth mentioning. <laughs> Uh, there is a paper that has been published uh, around probabilities of of uh, distributions and their and, and their failure, and that gives I guess allusion to how how we structure the network. The yeah. overall protocol, I guess, we can look towards middle of May, early June. Yes, uh, yeah, somewhere in the middle of May, and that's the target. But we know that it's a, it's a tricky to meet the deadlines of such complex, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, designing self-complex uh, system, but the goal is that, uh, yeah, somewhere in, during that period, we should be able to uh, make our work public and, and get all the juicy details. Awesome. Looking forward to hearing you speak about the details that are juicy at conferences, <laughs> hopefully in the near future. Yeah, yeah of graphs and comparisons and... Yes. Yeah, I think that it's it's really interesting. We are we are kind of uh, uh, pushing the state of the art, and 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 Carnot is basically a new class of uh, protocol. It's um, it it has a very new property, and and I hope that uh, this will kind of uh, give a new direction to the way we see the uh, protocols, and hopefully other people in the community will build over the top of it and improve it and more researchers uh, work on it. And, and yeah, this is certainly version one. We already know a lot of things we can do to make it more efficient and scale better and things and add privacy into it. But in the interest of getting things out quicker, we are yes. choosing V1. So yes. I'm interested to hear the, the criticism and the complaints and the outright um, terrible takes on all of this once, once we release it. But see how that goes. Some of the critical, um, uh, yeah, uh, critical comments or suggestions are, are really good. They they help you to improve. So some of them, but yeah, we'll see if they're constructive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from my but experience. Yes, but that, that's very helpful. So it's it's good. It's it's good. To, um, yeah, and I think it will be very um, uh, helpful for the community. That will kind of enable many new use cases. Uh, to be added. Uh, so I think it's, it's good for everyone and for our community as well. Cool. Thanks, uh, Mo, for your time and coming on the podcast. Uh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me.